This podcast contains material that some listeners may find objectionable. It may contain graphic descriptions of atrocities committed during the 1937 Nanking Massacre in China. Welcome back to the wartime diaries of Minnie Votrin and Sen Shui Fang. On this episode, cold weather grips the occupied city of Nanking. Rumors abound of an approaching Chinese army. Looting continues in the city. People begin to return to their homes. Minnie and Shui Fan rejoice at the arrival of foreign diplomats, who they believe will help make the Japanese restrain themselves. Saturday, January 8th, from the Diary of Minnie Votrin. Cool today and no sunshine. People without enough bedding and clothing will begin to suffer. Although conditions outside are not too settled, yet more and more are going home. Only about 5,000 refugees left on campus now. Tao, our neighbor to the west, who has been living with his family at East Court, came back this morning, saying it is impossible even for a man to stay in his district now for the soldiers come in in any time and demand money. If they can give no money, then they insist that Hua Gunyang, or young girl, be found for them. There is nothing left in his house, he says. He went home with hope he might save his doors and windows. This afternoon, we could see fires in three directions from our campus. Searle shared his radiogram for Elsie, in which she mentions having received my radiogram. She also says that on January 16th, the U of N, University of Nanking office and staff go to Chengdu. We long to hear from our Wucheng unit, are fearful for their safety have no idea where Dr. Wu is. It is a great relief to have three Americans over at our embassy. In the middle of the afternoon, Takatama from the Japanese embassy called to have me put in a claim for our losses. College and individual Americans. He had an interpreter with him who made it clear they would not consider Chinese faculty losses. The college losses have been so small that I said I would not enter them, perhaps six smashed doors in all. As to personal losses, Alice Morris is the only one who has lost anything. All the possessions of other foreigners were in attics at South Hill residence, which were not discovered, or have not been discovered yet. Having Takatama in my debt yesterday by presenting him with 10 eggs for the entertainment of American embassy representatives, I made bold to ask his help in letting our soldier guards know, in the most tactful way, that if they would guard on Hankow and Ninghai roads, we would be responsible on the campus. Last night between 9 and 10, two of the guards went to our chicken yard and scared the servant within an inch of his life. Rumors are spreading like wildfire. 
It is said that Chinese troops are within a short distance of the city, that Japanese troops are trying to borrow Chinese civilian clothes so they can disguise and escape, etc. I can admit that civilian clothes may be desired, but I know of one or two other motives that are probably much nearer to the truth. When I asked Takatama when Nanking would be peaceful enough for refugees to return to their homes, his answer was, in about two days. Women who have come in from the country say conditions for them have been fearful. They have literally had to bury themselves to be safe at all. From four to five, Mr. Wang, Mrs. Sen and I went in a car over to Mrs. Gray's to look up Wang Shi Fu. Never have I seen such a mess at her house. Most of her things are out in the yard. We did not find Wang either alive or dead, and surmise he went to Wuhu before December 13th. Later we went down to Xinqie Kao, Many shops on both sides of the main street, Chungshan Road, have been burned, and all the remaining seem to have been looted. Saw two trucks out in the road, on which loot was being loaded. After our fellowship meeting from 6.30 to 7.30, Mr. Wang, Mrs. Twinham, and I went down to the gatehouse to see the guards. They are changed every day. Our main purpose is to let them infer that we are on duty inside the campus. The same day from Sen Shui Fan's diary. Some of the refugees have returned to their homes. Now there are only 5,000 people left. However, some of the returnees came back again because the Japanese soldiers went to their homes. The places where these people returned are not their original homes, but the housing in the safety zone. People dare not go back to the south side of the city, because finding women, forcing labor, grabbing money, and looting by the Japanese soldiers are still prevalent outside. For eight or nine days, the soldiers have not come here to find women. This afternoon, Vojun and I went to Fuhokan on the other side of Chinese school to visit the Westerners' residences. Miss Gray's house had been guarded by the worker for the Westerners, Mr. Wang. We had no idea if Wang was still there. When we got there, we could not believe the chaos. This is the first time when I witnessed a place being looted. Things were littered everywhere on the ground. Good items were all taken away, and some were broken. At first, we were afraid that Wang might have died inside, and we walked slowly into the house. There was no one there. We presumed that he might have fled. Outside, the yard was covered with things. Sadly, Miss Gray is a naturalized Chinese, and none of her lost things will be compensated. All other Westerners have listed their things being looted by the soldiers and asked the Japanese for compensation. From Miss Gray's home, we first went to the drum tower and Chenshan Road and then to Xinjiekou. 
On the way, we saw no Chinese, but the Japanese devils were walking there. Buildings and stores were burnt and looted. It's extremely pathetic. In the vicinity of Shinjiko, there were soldiers moving things with trucks. Some of them were searching for things. There are troops stationed there. At first, we wanted to go to other places to see how things worked, but we did not go because there were too many soldiers. This is the first time we went to that area to see how things are. There are many people on the section of Shanghai Road near our area, but no one on the section adjacent to Canton Road, because there are many peddlers selling old stuff lying on the ground, most of it looted. Also, some sell salted foods. Some are very cheap. We dare not to buy any, nor do we want to buy the stuff which was looted. Today. Voltron received a telegram from Miss P at Hanko. We had no news from her for a month. Sunday, January ninth, from Voltron's diary. Sunshine, but quite cold. One half inch of ice on ponds. No refugees sleeping in covered ways in verandas, but still in the halls. Many come for the night and go to their homes for the day. Many of the problems of poor Cyril at the university, sericulture building, and middle school we have not yet had. In other words, quarreling among Chinese in charge, and then one side reporting to the Japanese. Also, bringing in of loot by refugees and then quarrels over it ensuing. Also, the problem of spies within. Mr. Wang, Mr. Lee, Miss Shuei, and I went to Drum Tower to church service. You cannot imagine the dense crowd of people on Shanghai Road, mainly in the section between Ninpo Road, American Embassy, and North to Chinying Street. On both sides of the road are hundreds of vendors now starting up small shops. I'm sorry to say that most of the things they are selling are loot from shops. Our servants are beginning to buy it too, for the temptation is great. Church service was good, and about 50 people were out. You see much traffic on Chungshan Road now, mainly Japanese trucks and cars. Also, many soldiers in the section outside the safety zone. Mrs. Twinham helped at two o'clock women's meeting. The South Studio was filled. Miss Low has had charge of the meeting. We also have a Thursday meeting for women. Tonight at the servants' meeting, the South Studio was packed, probably by many who came out of curiosity. Fourteen of us attended the English service at 4:30. John McGee led. Mr. Espy of the Embassy attended. And for the first time, I really learned that the USS Panay was sunk, and at the same time, two standard oil boats. It seemed to be a deliberate act on the part of Japan. Why I cannot understand. In all my contacts with Japanese soldiers and officers, they seem friendly to the Americans, but invariably warned me against Russian and English. We are rejoicing over the fact that three British officials arrived today 
and now makes six additions to our numbers, which means more stability. Nice Mrs. Sen looted Ava's house today, which, by the way, has not been entered once, and having found some extracts, she had our old cook Chen Ben Lee make a cake, which we had at supper. Sen intended to give it to number three, PTH, but when we told her they had a good cook and often had cake and cookies, she let us have the cake. Mary and I are going to have him make some mince pies before long, for Mary found that they had not taken the mincemeat from her house. Dr. Trimmer says that a Japanese store has been opened on Chungshan Road. Mr. Riggs spends all his time delivering coal to the rice kitchens, and Mr. Sun spends his time delivering rice. Had it not been for their toil, I suspect many would be starving. Sunday, January 9th, from Sen's Diary. Today is the first time for me to accompany Bochun to Number Three Ping Chang Lane to attend the English service. I was the only Chinese, and the rest were all Americans. Reverend McGee preached. In the afternoon, an American gunboat arrived. And three people went ashore. Actually, four people came with a gunboat, but the Japanese only allowed three of them to go ashore, because they only applied permissions for three. They had no other ways out, but to comply. At the gate of the consulate, there were Japanese soldiers as guards. When the consulate people come out, they are followed by the soldiers. They cannot come and go freely. To the soldiers who guard our front gate, the two stoves of fire which we provided are not adequate. They sit at the front gate and burn firewood, which I have spared for one month's cooking, because there's no way we can buy coal. All the firewood is probably not enough for them to burn, so we have to cut trees. It is very difficult to reason with them. They do not care about anything. If they want firewood, you have to give it to them quickly. Otherwise, they just go ahead to burn furniture. They are very fierce and so mean that some of the workers dare not to approach them. Today, it has been one month since refugees came to our campus. During the past several days, there were four more births and two miscarriages. Today, we slaughtered and ate Miss Yuan's goat. Now, we too learn to rob from others. Miss Yuan is not here, so it gave us a good opportunity to rob. Monday, January tenth, from the diary of Minnie Votrin. What a wonderful day it has been, especially its closing hours. At supper time, I found a fat letter from Ruth Chester waiting for me, dated January fifth, and evidently brought up by the British Embassy people. In it, there was a letter from Doctor Wu of December twentieth from Hankow, 
and a carbon of Florence's letter to Miss Rebecca Greest of January 3rd. Right after supper, we gathered around the round table in our sitting room and read and read. It is great to know that the Shanghai unit is growing stronger and that four new faculty have arrived and more are expected. And after the reading of Dr. Wu's and Ruth's letters, how we discussed our Jinling plans. At the present moment, the idea of starting a middle school on our campus is quite out of the question, but starting an industrial school for women whose husbands have been ruthlessly killed seems a great need and a real possibility. This morning, Mrs. Sen and I discussed encouraging the starting of a primary school at Ming Day, but even that may not be possible, but we shall see. After our feast of news, Mary and I went down to the gatehouse to get acquainted with our new guards and try to impress them with the fact that we would be responsible with the inside of the campus if they would patrol Han Kao and Ninghai roads. Later, Mrs. Sen came down with some cake. Think of it, some homemade cake. Yesterday, she looted Ava's cupboards, and today we had roast goose and cake as the result. Really too much of a feast in one day. Before Mrs. Sen left, we read aloud Florence's good letter to Miss Greest. Most of our unanswered questions are now answered, and we feel quite caught up on outside news. By candlelight, Mary and I have eaten a good share of the cake. We wondered if we should save it for the future, but decided against that as we are in a hopeful frame of mind tonight. Before four o'clock this afternoon, I took a number of letters to the American Embassy to take to Shanghai for us. Think of it. There are now foreign officials in the city, three American, three English, and three German. Life seems almost normal, although the smoke in the distance this afternoon is a mute testimony of continued looting. And not far from our campus this morning, two girls were raped. This afternoon, four soldiers came to look around, but they were quite likable. The head traded stamps with me and proudly showed me the picture of his wife and baby. I wish we could turn all our enemies into friends and help them to see themselves as they are. Now, Sen's perspective on the same day. One child developed strep throat, and the hospital refused to accept him. I have no other alternatives than to move him to the laundry room of number 500 building. The child got this disease in such cold weather when he was forced to stay in cold place. The child's mother is here by herself with five children. I'm afraid that it will be difficult to save the child's life. There are others sick. Some only have diarrhea and are cured after taking castor oil. Some are coughing and have a fever. Some I do not have cough medicine for. Since I do not have cough medicine for children, I have to purchase some from the hospital. I ask the patients to go to the hospital. Yet, some of them cannot afford to go and some are afraid to go outside of the campus. 
they want to seek treatment here because it is free of charge and also nearby. Besides, they can come whenever they want to and they do not show up at the scheduled time. The child who had strep throat died and his sister has also contracted the disease. Altogether, 15 children and four adults passed away, two seniors and two middle-aged. The weirdest thing is that these people were not sick, but simply died after a night of sleep. They had no symptoms whatsoever the night before. Yet, they were not too strong and so frightened by the Japanese. Also, during this month, they did not have much nutritious food to eat. They died of shortness of breath. All told, 26 babies were born. The most delightful thing is that we received letters from Thai and Thurston in Shanghai. They also enclosed a copy of President Wu's letter. To us, receiving the letter is like acquiring a most valuable treasure because we have not received any letters for a long time. These letters were transported by the American gunboat. Now it is much more convenient. I heard that the German gunboat also came and three Germans went ashore. With the return of representatives from various nations the Japanese have to restrain a little bit on certain things in order to save face. So the situation here on the service is improving some. Now the Japanese have plain clothes security people and also Chinese traders. They are very tricky. They dress in Chinese clothing to go into private residences to rob. And they claim that they are Chinese. Sometimes their soldiers ask Chinese people to rob for them, and then they bayonet the victim to death in order to let other foreigners see that it was the Chinese, not they, who robbed. On the one hand, they use trickery to kill Chinese people, and on the other hand, they let other foreigners believe that the Chinese were the culprits. Yet, this time, the dirty trickery was no longer working because their mask has been detected by other foreigners. On our next episode, some refugees cautiously return home. Minnie's efforts to get guards to protect Jinling's campus continue to pay off. Nights become more peaceful. Both she and Shui Fan are able to sleep and wake up feeling better able to care for the thousands of refugees who still remain. But Sen encounters unexpected misfortune. Thanks for listening.